sermon series called Waging Peace, and that'll stretch from uh, June 13th or June 19th to uh, July 3rd, just talking about the way that God is bringing peace in the world through his kingdom and through the ministry uh, and the administration of the lordship of Jesus Christ. Uh, that's that's going to be uh, here in just a couple weeks, but uh, today is a special day, especially for uh, Pentecostals. Today is uh, actually the, the day of Pentecost, where we read about and recognize and remember the day that the Holy Spirit, con- uh, Holy Spirit came. And uh, otherwise, uh, if, you, if you grew up Pentecostal, this is also known as High Pressure Sunday, where, you know, you, there's like all this pressure for something to happen, right? And uh, I, I'm, hopefully, hope, I'm hoping to speak to that a little bit uh, this morning. Uh, I'm hoping that'll actually not be the case. Uh, but uh, as we look to the scriptures, if you would... Uh, pray with me. We are actually going to kind of give our attention to God and just pray for the Holy Spirit to speak to us through the scriptures. And so uh, I just invite you to pray with me. Lord, we thank you that you are a God who sees us and a God who speaks and a God who is at work in the world, not far off, not distant, or unengaged. We thank you for the works and wonders that we see in our midst and all the grace that is poured out on us that we don't deserve. God, you're so good. And so, Lord, as we turn to the Bible today, Lord, I just ask that, um, that you would speak to us. Lord, I ask that you'd speak to me and through me. God, if I say anything dumb, would that just fall flat on the floor? But, Lord, I pray that, that somehow the words that I speak would come from you and that they would penetrate deep into our hearts and change us at the core of our being and our minds would be renewed and transformed and that we would walk away changed and ready to do your will. And I ask for these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, let's take a look at this story in Acts chapter 2 and just kind of meditate a little bit on what God does in us. When the day of Pentecost came, now the day of Pentecost, that was the day when the the Hebrews celebrated the the giving of the law or the Ten Commandments that kind of came down out of off of Mount Sinai, remembering this time in the wilderness and wandering and remember when God gave them gave them the law and 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 so there were a lot of a lot of people in town for this big party on Pentecost. So when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. That is the believers, the small band of believers that are left after Jesus has ascended. And suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them, just like the Shekinah glory or just like the glory of God, like the, the flame that led the people of Israel through the desert, the, the cloud of, of fire by day and the, cloud of, and the pillar of smoke by night or no, wait, reverse that. Pillar of smoke by day, fire by night. The, 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 the glory of God that filled the temple, now the glory of God is filling the temple that is the church. The temple is living within us, that, that we are kind of walking tabernacles is the implication here. These tongues of fire settling and falling and resting on each of them, men and women, all the people who are welcoming Jesus' reign and rule on the earth. It came to rest on each of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit, And began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. That is, other languages. 
other tongues, other languages, as the Spirit enabled them. And now there were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. And when they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they said, aren't all these men who are speaking from Bodark? No, I mean, they're not, that's actually not what it says. It actually says, aren't they all Galileans? But you kind of get the idea. Oh, Galilee? Really? All these Galilean guys? They all, they're all speaking all these, you know, cosmopolitan languages. They all know how to speak my language. How is it then that each of us hears them in our native language? Parthians, Medes, and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we all hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, they've had too much wine. Here's the thing, you know, I I think there are so many things that are interesting, so many things we could focus on. There are a few things I feel like God wants us to focus on, and I want to leave a lot of time uh, for us to experience God at the end of the service, just like we always do. You know, this is, this is really common practice for us. We don't do this once a year on the day we remember the Holy Spirit. We do this every time we gather. We, we take time to worship and welcome the Holy Spirit and invite people to receive prayer and invite people to receive and experience the power of God in prayer every single Sunday. And that's something that we're going to do at the end of this Sunday. And uh, and sometimes, you know, really powerful, wild stuff happens. Sometimes people get healed. Sometimes people get saved. Sometimes people get comforted. But God does stuff, and it's really cool, and we really love it, and we really enjoy it. And, you know, sometimes I think maybe some of us can still feel a little bit like the, like the observers here and say, well, is that really God? Is that what's really going on? Is there something really supernatural happening? Is this really... Is this really the Lord, or is it just kind of people being excited, right? Is it just kind of people being worked up, getting emotional? You know, in the vineyard, one of the things that we really value, maybe to a fault, honestly, is uh, we really try to dial down the hype. And so you, you, you might notice every now and then in this church, we might just wait before the Lord in silence. Turn the music off, no, no drums, no smoke machine, just... Put our attention on God and see what happens. And that silence can sometimes be a little awkward, but I I find I often meet the Lord in a powerful way when we do that, when we turn our attention to God. Uh, You know, the thing about it is, is the way we experience God in this now and not yet kingdom, in this this kingdom that, uh, you know, where, where Jesus was killed but then also resurrected. And then the believers are kind of trying and fledgling and trying to do what Jesus said, but kind of stumbling, not really, nothing's really happening, you know. They're just trying to stay faithful. They're just trying to stay obedient to what the Lord is doing. And, uh, you know, the, the experience that is described here in Scripture is an experience that happens in the real world. And whenever we experience God, as we worship together, whenever we experience the Holy Spirit, it happens in the real world. You know, the birth of the church that is described in this story, it is messy and real. It looks weird to people. People don't get it. They don't understand it. 
They're like, look at these drunk weirdos, man. What are they doing? These freaks over here think they're experiencing God. They think, they think something supernatural is happening. All I hear is a bunch of gibberish. All I hear is a bunch of weirdness. All I see is people being highly emotional and bizarre. That doesn't, is that God? Is that really what's going on here? And, you know, we should expect that when we have experiences with God, not everyone will understand those. You can have a real and powerful, life-changing, life-altering, direction-defining experience with God that is as real as anything you've ever experienced. You can, you can see the glory of God. You can experience the power of the Holy Spirit in your body, in your life, and people around you might look at that and say, eh, did that really happen? Or did that guy just get excited? No, hey, calm down, right? You might, be ta- you, might get, you might be getting a little too into this. You might be getting a little too worked up. The reason that we dial down the hype in the vineyard is not to poo-poo the work of the Holy Spirit or to quench the work of the Holy Spirit, but so that when people have a supernatural experience, they know it was God and not the smoke machine. They know it was God and not the manipulative atmosphere. They know that it was really the Lord touching them and working in their lives. The reason why in the middle of what can be an emotional prayer experience, I'll often stop and just say, hey, what are you experiencing right now? Let the person talk and reflect. Kind of dial down the hype, just check in, see how they're doing emotionally, uh, is because I know that it doesn't depend on me to create some kind of an atmosphere for an experience to happen. That is not my job. That's God's job, to do a miracle and a wonder and a sign in that person's life. Because God is real, and he's doing stuff, and he's always at work. And so we see this messy birth of the church. We see this messy birth of the church with these messy, real, messed up people, you know? The thing that happens next that's so incredible is this chicken, Peter, gets up and addresses the crowd, right? This is the same Peter that, you know, he for whom the rooster crows, right? This guy where we get the, we get the phrase, he, you know, petered out, right? That comes from Peter, right? He's supposed to be this rock, his name means rock. He's supposed to be the, this, this rock of faith, this, this kind of cornerstone, this, this, this firm thing. Uh, you know, his faith is supposed to be this, this rock upon which the church is founded. And, and in, a, in, in a moment of crisis, in Jesus' greatest hour of need, he couldn't even stick with him. He couldn't even hang out with Jesus. He couldn't even be identified. He disowns Jesus three times. Now, we know from John's gospel that, that Jesus kind of reinstated him. And, he, you know, he kind of... He kind of very intentionally forgave him and, and, and restored him to his position of leadership. But then Peter, of all people, this, this, kinda, this guy who really chickened out, he gets up and he preaches the gospel. And that's the next thing I think we need to notice in this passage we're about to read, is that when the Holy Spirit comes, the Holy Spirit comes not just to make us feel good, not just to encourage us, not just to heal us, although he does do all those things, and it is massively, massively to our benefit to experience the direct ministry of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Whenever the Holy Spirit is at work in our hearts, it is to our benefit, and it is for us, and it is an expression of God's gracious love to us when we experience something powerful, when we shake, or when we, our, our hearts are strangely warmed like John Wesley, or we we, we, we fall down and we quake on the floor like the Quakers, or we, we experience 
God's healing power, or we laugh or cry or whatever we experience, when God is doing something powerful in us that is massively to our benefit, it is super encouraging to our own personal faith. But what the Holy Spirit does, and the reason God does those things, is he is he's doing those things so that we can really trust that Jesus is who he says he is. And that the things that we read about in Scripture are still happening. The Holy Spirit empowers us and verifies the true message of the gospel, that Jesus Christ has defeated the powers of this present evil age, and his kingdom and his reign is invading the earth. And it is making all things new. And that there will come a time when he returns and the kingdom of God comes in its fullness. Jesus is empowering and verifying his message. And the Holy Spirit is the down payment of God's kingdom coming on earth. It is the sign that D-Day has happened. And there are many battles ahead of us before Victory Day. But but the decisive battle in in the war between good and evil has been fought and it has been won on the cross through Jesus Christ. And the evidence of the Holy Spirit is that proof. That's what's happening when the Holy Spirit empowers us. Look what Peter says. He says this, And Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed the crowd, Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you and listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last day, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see vision. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below blood and fire and billows of smoke, the sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Fellow Israelites, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited to God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did among you through him, as you yourselves know. This man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge, and you with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. And then Peter goes on to continue to preach the good news of Jesus' gospel, showing that Jesus is the Davidic king. He is the, the one that David talked about. He is the one that is prophesied in the scripture. He is the fulfillment of all of Israel's hope. Even though Rome is not overthrown, even though injustice happens in the world, even though John the Baptist was executed in prison, even though the, the, uh, the, the, the kingdoms of the world are still oppressing the poor and taking advantage and, and, and injustice is still existing and death and suffering are still happening all around us, God is at work. And the Messiah has come. And this is the message that Peter preaches to them. And then in verse 36, he kind of caps it off this way. Therefore, let Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. And when the people heard this, they were cut to the heart. 
and said to Peter with the other, and the other disciples, Brother, what, Brothers, what sh- shall we do? And Peter replied, Repent and be baptized. That word repent, it just means course correct. It just means turn around. It just means stop going this way and start going that way. It doesn't necessarily describe an emotional experience or a certain kind of prayer, though often those things do happen. A lot of times repentance, when repentance breaks out, when the Holy Spirit is, is bringing repentance to a community, it is not unusual to see people weep. It is not unusual to see people mourn their sin, to just be cut to the heart, to experience conviction from God and saying, oh, Lord, I'm lost and I need to be saved. I need to come back to you. I need to stop going the way I'm going and turn towards you. But that word repent, it just means turn. It just means, if you can kind of think about like when, you're, when you are driving around and you got your GPS going and you, get, you, you go the way that Google doesn't want you to go, right? Do you ever get that, 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 that word? I almost feel like the robot has a little bit of a, little bit of a toot in, in, in the voice when it says recalculating. Do you ever hear that? <laughs> recalculating. You know, it's like I got, I, I missed my turn, recalculating. You know, it's like, yeah, fine, whatever. But to repent just means that. Right? It just means get back on course. You're just making a course correction. You're just, we're, we're off. We're off our center. And we need to reorient to Jesus. We just need to come back. That's what it means to repent. Repent and be baptized. That means that you're all in. Don't, don't be halfway in. Don't, don't date Jesus. Commit. Get married. Like, make this a lifelong thing. Go all the way in. Be drenched in the presence of God. Die to your old life and be raised to new life with Christ. That's what it means to be baptized. Every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. I want to just zero in on that word, gift. Gift is often, often the word that's used there is, is charism. Charism is a gift, right? Um, charisma, it's the word we get charisma from, right? The, the gifts of the Holy Spirit are just that. They are something that is given. It is not something that we earn. It is not something that you can purchase or buy with good behavior or with works of righteousness or, or deep sacrifice. They're gifts. It's something that God gives to you. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you, and for your children, and for all who are far off, for whom, all for whom the Lord our God will call. This is for all of God's people. And with many other words, he warned them, and he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. You know, I, that sounds so antiquated, you know, but I think it was true in Peter's day, and I think it's true in our day. You know, we're, we are, in fact, living in a corrupt generation. Like we, we live in a messed up time. It's post-truth, it's divided, it's screwed up. You know, it, all the stuff we were talking about last week with the shootings and all of that, I mean, like, it's a, it's a dark, twisted, messed up time to be alive. And people were really lost and confused, myself included, at many times. Like This is just the water that we swim in and that we breathe as fish in this culture. Like, we just, 
We live in a corrupt generation. And Peter's plea, he's begging people, please don't. Don't just go along. Don't just be led to the slaughter. Like, don't just go on the broad path of destruction. Like, please save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Turn to Jesus. Turn around. Go a different direction. Follow him. Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accept his message were baptized. About 3,000 were added to their number that day. I love the vindication of this story. I love the way that this small, beat-up shell of a church, this, this, this small, little, tiny, unimpressive, lame bunch of losers who had hoped that Jesus was really the Messiah are in this tiny room together just hoping that God will do something. Utterly and totally in touch with their powerlessness, completely aware of the ways that they've been betrayed, completely aware of the ways that they've been let down, completely aware of just the trauma that they've been through as a community, of of the hurt that they've experienced in trying to follow Jesus and walk in the way of the cross, totally not understanding what God was doing, like just, just all of the lameness that is gathered in that room, waiting to be empowered with the Holy Spirit. And then not because they're awesome, not because they're smart, not because they're good at writing songs or talented at preaching or impressive in any worldly measure, not because they're good-looking, not because they're friendly, but because God pours out His Spirit on them. What happens to them, their lives get rocked and the world gets knocked off its axis. And we are still feeling the aftershocks and the effects of what God did on that day and continues to do because of what God did in that messy birth of the church. You know, Kara preached Mother's Day. I always, I always love Mother's Day in the vineyard because we remember that a Mother's Day is actually kind of like, uh, in the vineyard, the vineyard kind of started on a Mother's Day. Like the birth of the vineyard was a guy named Lonnie Frisbee who definitely had some problems in his life. A uh, really messy character, much like many of the early disciples that we read about. Uh, but he said, he said, come Holy Spirit, and all heaven broke loose. And it was a mess. It blew the church up. People split. People leave. But people experienced the power of God, and it transformed their lives. And that is what birthed this movement of the vineyard that we are part of. And there's this thing that happens throughout human history where the church will be in moral decay. The church will be in decline. The church will be in a rough patch or a rough spot, not really accomplishing the work of God, not really accomplishing the will of God, just kind of like barely hanging on. And then God sends his spirit. And then all heaven breaks loose. And people will get saved and people get healed and people get restored. It is something that has happened over and over and over. And if you study the history of the church, you will be disturbed. You'll be disturbed and saddened by the things that you read if you discover if you read church history, especially in the United States. Like, there, it's a real mixed bag, man. You know the way that we have compromised with a nationalistic agenda, 
in America is just so, so tragic. Atrocities done in the name of Jesus. Just awful stuff. And yet, God continues to pour out his spirit. There have been revival after revival, if you read church history. And it's not the things that the people do. It's what God is doing in us that gives us hope. And over and over and over again, God continues to pour out his, like he told Jesus he would do, like he told the disciples that he would do, like he continues to tell us that he will do. God's spirit is here and at work amongst broken people, amongst messed up people, amongst stupid people, amongst (laughs) clumsy people, amongst people who put their foot in their mouth, amongst people who don't know how to do this very well, God is at work. And we should take heart and be excited. Because here's the good news. Here's the gospel this morning. We don't need to try to manufacture a work of the Holy Spirit. God has that covered. God has that covered. He can and will do it. And the good news this morning is, is that we, we, do get to, we do get to say yes to that. We do get to say, hey, I, I, I want in. I don't want to make fun of it. I don't want to doubt it. I want to participate. I want to say yes. I want to I be waiting and turning my attention to the Lord so that it can happen to me too. But we don't need to try to force anything to happen because God is the one works. You don't have to be spectacular to be a follower of Jesus. You don't have to be amazing to welcome his work in your life. And you don't have to try to force something that isn't happening to happen. All you have to do is keep saying yes to God. That's it. That's the whole game. And that's what we read about. After this massive outpouring where all this crazy supernatural stuff was going on, this is how the people responded. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. Stuff was still happening. It was still going on. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. And every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. And you just see how God pours out his spirit in a wave and then there are all these amazing, beautiful afterglow effects. There are all these ways that God's Spirit just continues to work in the community. And if you read the book of Acts, it's just wave after wave of this expanding, glorious kingdom that advances through healing, that advances through peace, that advances through generosity, and that upends the power structures of every evil human empire. And it is so beautiful. And you can put the people who are doing it in jail. You can kill the people who are doing it And it just keeps growing. Nothing stops it because it doesn't depend on human activity. It is primarily a thing that God is doing to us and in us that is so good. And you see the Lord at work in his people. It's so beautiful and it's good. And it's that which we want to experience this morning.
Would you stand? So, Nikki's going to get this guitar working. And while she's doing that, um, there are a couple things I think God might want to do this morning. Maybe you're here this morning and you're saying, okay, yeah, that sounds good. Um, but it's never happened to me. Like, I've never experienced anything like that. Like, that hasn't happened to me yet. And I think, hey, look, we're, we're reading the book and we're trying to do what it says. I think you can wait before the Lord and I think maybe God will fill you with the Spirit. I just, I don't know, I'm medieval enough to think that that's possible. If you want, if you want God's Spirit to fill you up, just come get prayer, crying out loud. Like, it's here. Uh, also, I would just say, maybe you've kind of been kind of on this fence of like, you, maybe you've had some Peter moments where you sort of petered out, right? But you have this little inkling in your heart. You have this feeling of like, I want to I do that. I want to do the stuff in the book. I want to say the things that God is doing, and I want to declare and demonstrate the gospel clearly. Uh, and you want prayer for that. Man, come for it. Get prayer. Uh, and I just would also say like, maybe, maybe if you're kind of like your relationship with Jesus, you're not exactly sure where you're at, whatever, like this would be a really great Sunday to come to Jesus too. So like, come and do that. All right, so here's how this is going to work. Nikki's going to play a couple songs. Um, while she's playing, if you want prayer, here's how you signal that. You just step forward. Somebody who's been on, uh, trained on our prayer team to not be weirder than Jesus will just come up and they'll just tap you on the shoulder and say, hey, how can I pray for you? In total confidence. Uh, and, and then God will do stuff and change your life. It'll be awesome. Um, also, I would just say, if you have, uh, if you've been through prayer training and you kind of you, you understand what we're doing here when we're trying to listen to God's voice, you feel like God has something that he might want to share with the congregation, I'm going to be standing back there. Would you just come tap me on the shoulder and share that? I just will weigh that and if, if it seems like something the Lord is doing, uh, then we'll share that and we'll throw that out too. Um, and then I would also say, like, if you kind of are worshiping, you see God's spirit on somebody, you notice something going on, uh, feel free to approach that person, just tap them on the shoulder and say, hey, would it be okay if I prayed for you? Here's how this works. Uh, if you don't want some weirdo to pray for you, you can just say no, and they'll go away, and they won't bother you anymore, all right? Uh, but, uh, but if you would like that, then by all means say yes, and then, and then God will do stuff, and it'll be really cool, all right? So let's, let's welcome the Holy Spirit. Let's just wait for a moment in silence. I'm going to just pray. Father, would you come? Lord, we submit to your leadership and we welcome your, your lordship now. We just wait before you. And we ask you move. I just want to add, if I missed something, like God's doing something in your heart I didn't call out, uh, please just come up and get prayer. This is the time when we pray.